You know, it's funny because um, I always have these great ideas for songs that would fit in with my lesson, and I usually get them about 8.15 in the morning on Sunday. And so, you know, as the sensitive guy that I am, I, I don't bring them up, right? Because I just don't want my friend Ralph and Larry and, and Kyle to just hate me, right? <laughs> um, but, um, but then, you know, I think the Holy Spirit does powerful things and makes things, you know, you know, I don't have to plan it, just things sort of work in. Even uh, some of the words in the last song, you know, talking about us, you are not alone. And, oh my goodness, that's my title today, you are not alone. <laughs> so it uh, was great. Is there a, is there a, the battery's died. So can you make, you're just going to click. Well, there's only, the good news is there's only like two slides. So it's, it's awesome. So can I have the first slide? So this is a picture from a movie that I was thinking about this morning as well. And you may not have seen it. You know, frankly, this is Tom Hanks in Castaway. And I only remember this scene. So this is not a statement to watch the movie. I have no idea what's in the movie. So, you know, it's not a recommendation. But I do remember this scene. And somehow... He was on a FedEx plane, and the plane crashed, and he was the sole survivor, and he ended up on an island, you know, by himself, and I guess some of the, the refuse, or the, the debris from the, uh, the plane floated in, and one of the things that floated in, you see here, is a volleyball, you know, it's for you, Riley, volleyball, right? And so he took the volleyball, and over a matter of time, that became his friend, and he put a face on the volleyball and, and talked to the volleyball, and, uh, and it was there. So, you know, even Tom Hanks was not alone. He brought a volleyball along to talk to. Now, hopefully, you know, in your walk with God, you haven't got to the point of talking to a volleyball. But, you know, even if you have, amen, that's okay, you know. And I think we're going to dig into this a little more, but God really, he's, he's aware of being lonely, right? And, you know, it came, it came to me, in my second slide, so several years ago, you know, judging from this, because I look about 14 in this picture, but uh, a few pounds heavier, but, uh, you know, but uh, we had the opportunity uh, back 20 years ago, I guess now is about the right time, uh, to have a, have a foster son, you know, come and join us. And, and our foster son's name was Daniel, is Daniel, and it was, uh, you know, it was great to have him be part of our family. You know, because we didn't really see it as a temporary thing. We were hoping it would be a longer term thing. And it, it didn't work out that way. He stayed with us about a year. But, you know, we never thought of him as, you know, can you imagine, and, you know, a number of you can't imagine this, but can you imagine where your family lets go of you? You know, and, and then even his previous foster and, and, and grandparent family wouldn't take care of him. So he had nothing. And so we, we resolved that he would be part of our family. You know, even where he's sitting, you know, he's right between Jeanette and I. Because we were just trying to do a little bit of what God does. God really doesn't want us to be lonely. You know, he says God puts the lonely in families. God takes care of us. God loves us. You know, and it made me think of this passage in John 14. And there's not a next slide for this. So just click it to go blank. If it doesn't go blank, then click it one more. Okay, so today we're actually going to use our Bibles because, you know, I was thinking about songs. I didn't make a bunch of slides. And so really would encourage you to let the Word dwell in you richly. So if you don't have a Bible, slide over and sit next to someone who does. I'm going to go a little slower so you have time to look stuff up. We're going to start in John 14. So John 14 and verse 15. It's interesting because, you know... uh, God, Jesus was thinking about this when he was still on this earth, you know, and he was thinking ahead, 
he was a good planner. He was really considering what was going to happen even for us today. And he said, in starting at verse 15 of John 14, If you love me, you'll obey what I command. And I'll ask, I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The, word cannot, the world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will, will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Now, the fact that Jesus wasn't going to leave them alone. You know, and can you imagine how it felt at the cross? You know, all the disciples abandoned him. You know, they weren't feeling he was there, right? But he came back, and as we recall in Acts 2, he spent 40 days talking to them about the kingdom, reminding them that there was going to be a spirit living in them. You know, and that, I think, can be us too. We can get to a point where it can be easy to forget that Jesus really is with us. He really wants to be there with us. And thinking along our, our, uh, our message, our, our theme, as Ralph was talking about, of love, this had struck me a few weeks ago. Look over in Romans 5. So when I preached a few weeks ago, I, I spoke from Romans 5, and one of the things we talked about then was about grace, about that we already are standing in grace. But going back to Romans 5 and verse 1, something else jumped out to me. and Let's read it. Starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. <clears throat> That's easy when, you, when I go through a list there, perseverance, character, character, hope. I'm just, let's get going. You know, there's just too many words in a row for me. <clears throat> Sometimes I miss it, you know, but the very next sentence he says, you know, this hope that you're getting as the end result, it doesn't disappoint you because God poured out his love into my heart, into our hearts, by the Holy Spirit whom he's given you. So we're going to talk today about the Holy Spirit. And I feel like it's an adventurous topic because it's big, it's broad, and it's deep. And you probably could spend a couple of years talking about it. And I promise you, I've eliminated most of my year's material from this lesson. So hopefully it'll be... So uh, we're going to dive into it. And uh, so, you know, and I'll, I'll probably reiterate this. I probably won't cover everything. Hopefully we'll get some here that really digs into this. But what really got me is, I know in the past, some of us in marriage have talked about this idea of a love bank. And I won't dig into that, but it's the idea that you, you know, in a relationship, you invest in the relationship. So when you mess up, you know, there'll be some investment there to sort of buoy it back up. And then we'll go, oh, get out of here, you loser. You know, it's, it's a good relationship. And you think about that in our relationship with Jesus, with God. Now, it says here that, that God reached into his love bag and he poured it into our hearts. You know, so my, my love pool is... Well, it's, it's, I want, I, I'm struggling. It's small. I guess it's really small. But then when you compare it to God's, you know, 
amount of love. You know, God is love, right? And so God decided through Jesus, he would take all the love he had and he would pour it into us. He would put it into us. So his love that was enough to forgive all the sins of the world through all time forever, he took that much love and he poured it into you. So anytime you, you know, you feel like it's run out, it's like the bottomless pit. It's like, you know, it's like, what is it, the movie pass? You know, you can see it as many movies as you want forever and ever, hopefully. <clears throat> well, God's love is even beyond the movie pass. It's, it's going to overflow for us. And He's doing it through what? He's doing it through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so as we talk about the Holy Spirit, you can think about it. This is your access to God's unlimited love pass. You know, He's pouring love into your life through the Holy Spirit that He's given us. He's continuing to do us. You know, it's, it's really beyond measure. And, and I dug in a little bit, you know, this... What is this Holy Spirit thing? You know, it's like, uh, look over in Isaiah 11. Okay. Isaiah 11 and verse 1. <laughs> now, it's code word. It's like, like you, you could almost sound like a prophet. Anytime you read Isaiah, if you just go, well, I think that passage about Jesus, you'll probably be right, you know. <laughs> and you can sound awesome. And so, you know, but here there's even some clues. Isaiah 11 and verse 1. You know, he says, uh, the prophet says here, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of power, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. So think about, this is the Spirit of the Lord that God, you know, in this prophetic message was promising that would come to Jesus, but then Jesus then pours out His Spirit on us, the promise He makes, you know, as He's going to the cross. And so it fulfills a bunch of other passages that says, you know, in those old times, the uh, very few people got the Spirit. You know, it was a rare thing. There was some spirit stuff going on there. But he promised that in, in the end days, you know, in this time, that we all have the spirit. Right. It's all gonna, and it's the spirit of, you know, sometimes you go, oh, spirit. Well, yeah, what's that, right? You know, but he said here, he's pretty specific. You know, it's the spirit of, well, how will we get spirit, it's spiritual wisdom? You know, wisdom, well, that's, that's knowledge. Wisdom is actually taking knowledge and putting it into play effectively. You know, and, and you know, being a teen parent, I know I don't have... I did not have enough wisdom when I was teen parenting. I don't have much more now. It's a really broad concept, you know. And but I'm I'm trying to grow in that. I'm trying to figure out how do I be more wise. And and the only way I get wisdom is by connecting with God's spirit. You know, a spirit of understanding. You know, a spirit of counsel. You know, a spirit of power. It's, you know, I'm not powerful, but I tap into a powerful spirit. You know, if I can rely on God, God, you know. Well, he filled, my, he filled my cup to overflowing with all of his love. So, you know, maybe I'm not even necessarily that loving. But when I tap into the spirit of God's love, then I draw on, on his love. And, you know, ultimately this idea here, he finishes, he says, you know, and it's the fear of the Lord. You know, I, I respect God. I know, I know that God has the answer. I don't know the answer. I don't know what the answer is going to be. And I hope he delivers it soon. I was very encouraged that, you know, God answered uh, Devin's prayer so quickly in Lori being here. You know, amen. That's awesome. Uh, you know, you know, for me, I don't really know what to pray. And I don't know if he's answering the prayer sometimes. You know, am I alone? Am I alone? You know, sometimes it, it can feel that way. But, you know, I think I want to hit two things today. I want to spend a little bit of time just talking about receiving the Spirit. Because I know sometimes if you, 
if you're not certain you've got the Spirit, if you're not certain you've got something, it makes you behave in, in a particular way when if you're really for sure, you know, that, that, that it's true that you act a different way. Like, you know, it's like getting, you know, a wedding ring. I know that I'm married to Jeanette. There's no doubt in my mind, you know, when I, and I, I don't know, why didn't I get an engagement ring? I mean, I don't know. I mean, so I guess she knew in advance, you know, she got an engagement ring. But, uh, you know, so I, that's one thing. And then I want to spend some more time talking about living by the Spirit. So let's look over at Acts 2. So you can go back to my, pre, my one other. This is my one scripture slide because these were short. So I'll give you a little bit of a break here. But, you know, Siri says in Acts 2.38, hopefully you've heard this scripture before, but it says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you're taking notes, let me just let's give you a quick quick notes. The notes are, read John 14, read Romans 8. Okay? Just note that down. John 14, Romans 8. In case you know we don't, you don't get all these other notes. But, sorry, that was a little aside. So here is, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's so much through the scripture that this is a gift that it's, it's it, over and over God's giving it to. We saw it in Romans 5 just a minute ago. You know, at 1 Corinthians 12, For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Hmm. We were baptized by one spirit. Wow. So the fear of fact, we were all brought in. It was the spirit that was actually involved in, in us coming to the spirit. That's circular. I can't even, you know, it, it makes my mind explode, you know. You know, it goes on later, you know, earlier in 1 Corinthians 6, it says, Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not on your own. You are not your own. You know, so if you've repented, if you've been baptized, you've received the gift of God's Holy Spirit. All right, so just let that sink in for a minute. You, God has poured out His Holy Spirit in you. That same spirit that, he, that the prophet Isaiah was looking forward to seeing realized in Jesus, that spirit's in you. You know, there was some confusion in the first century about who had the spirit. You think there's any confusion in the 21st century about who has the spirit? You know, in the first century, a really bright guy named Apollos was out speaking about Jesus and uh, teaching really accurately. You know, it's like turning on spiritual radio, right? But... He didn't know about the baptism of Jesus. He only knew about the baptism of John. He knew about repenting of your sins. And so, you know, Priscilla and Aquila, Acts 18, pulled him aside, more fully instructed him. You go, well, what does that mean? Well, shortly after, in Acts 19, you know, there was another situation that that Luke recounts. He says that, uh, you know, Paul in Ephesus met a group of people who were were very spiritual, but they'd only had the baptism of John. They didn't, he said, you know, have you received the Holy Spirit? And what did they reply? What is the Holy Spirit? You know, what is that Holy Spirit thing? And uh, he said, oh, well, that's clear. You need to be baptized. So I think, as you think about it, if you haven't been baptized, then it really begs the question is, dig in and study it out and figure it out, because that's the point at which God gives you the Holy Spirit. It makes you part of His kingdom, right? But if you have been baptized, it's to step back and say, well, you know, even today, if I'm feeling like I'm talking to Wilson in my quiet times, God's Holy Spirit is there wanting to be activated in my life. It's there and He wants to make it, make it, be, make it live out, make it fulfilled, make it fruitful in my life. 
you know, there's, uh, as I said, it's such a broad topic, you know, and, and sometimes when you dig into a broad topic about how the Holy Spirit works, uh, or how about anything works, you think, oh, I can't, I don't get it. Have you ever jumped into something that you knew you didn't know, but you needed to do it anyways? You know, like what, Peter? Well, like, I don't know, getting married, you know. <laughs> you know, I knew I wanted it, uh, I knew nothing about it, and uh, that was validated, and still is, over many years later. <clears throat> but it didn't mean I didn't start trying, right? Similar with parenting, you know, you think, well, should we, should, you know, do I want to have kids? I think so, you know. Will I be any good at it? Eh, I'm not so sure about that. <clears throat> but you jump in and, and you try it anyways. And I think some of that is even understanding how, how do we live by the Spirit of God? You know, it's like, oh, did you think about that when you started studying the Bible, you became a Christian, you go, well, what, if you, if you understood the enormity of what God has done, you go, oh my goodness, this is, this is unbelievable. Look over in, uh, in uh, Galatians chapter 5. Peter? <clears throat> trying to encourage you here. Think about the Spirit working in your life. So, <clears throat> but the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22 listening to those pages, Russell, it's great. Yeah, on the computer. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. <clears throat> Somebody brought this out. I think it was Larry and Michelle. We were talking last night and they said, but the fruit, not the fruits, but it's so this, this sort of this outpouring of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Wow. So, you know, you, you'll see as you, as you continue to read about the Spirit that it's really a battle against the sinful nature, against the temptations of this world. You know, remember, the good news is we have a very full love bank, right? You know, God has filled our love bank, our love store with, you know, with the ability to love and have joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You know, it's just overwhelming how much is there. And like I said, when you get on this, this, this following of Jesus, sometimes it's hard to keep up. You know, well, how loving should I be? Well, just be as loving as Jesus. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, well, I guess growth, you know, most, most improved Christian is something that I can win. You know, I can attain to that because I have a long way to go. Yeah, but I think it's interesting. He talks about, you know, let us keep step with the Spirit. You know, I was thinking about it, about marching. So has anybody ever marched in a band in the army? I mean, some people have marched in the military and in a band um, and had multiples of that. But it's this whole idea of staying in step. And I was thinking, you know, you know because I have, no, I have no or little musical ability, I can press the play button, um, about how hard it must be to march in a, in a, in a marching band. Because you've got to play your instrument, it's got to be in tune, on beat, and everything. And I guess somehow, maybe if you're lucky, if the march is actually in step with the, with the piece, but then you've got to pay attention and you've got to turn. You know, when you're supposed to turn and go straight, when you're supposed to straight go straight. And similar for me in, in marching in the military, you know, really was about keying on on the leader, you know, but staying in step with those around me. You know, so I had because you have to pay attention because when the, in your marching, the leader says, you know, you know, turn right. Uh, you have to turn right at the same time as the other 40 people that you're with. Otherwise, it looks like a very hilarious movie that you may have seen. 
But uh, so this idea. So how does that play out with keeping in step with the Spirit? You know, so we're, we're keying in on the commands of God. We're trying to focus, well, what is God really trying to say uh, to me? You know, what has Jesus specifically instructed me with? You know, and, and also the Holy Spirit's guiding us. You know, so I'm trying to stay in step with the guidance, with the direction, with the love of the Holy Spirit. You know, in the midst of that, you know, I've got to, uh, I've got to, um, I've got to avoid being conceited. Or provoking others or envying each other. You know, have you ever noticed when you're not in step with what's going on, it's easy to sort of break step and stand back and break up that formation? You know, if you're not in step, if, the, if you, you know, and that's what he's saying is that if we get out of step, then it becomes, you know, it can get us the other way. It can drag us off the other way. And I know, you know, for me, it's, it's you know, those things, you know, being conceited, being provoking others. Have you ever provoked somebody on purpose? Oh, you know, I have, you know, hopefully not recently, but hopefully that's not your sin. But sometimes you just figure out, you know, what what somebody's buttons are and you just go poke a couple of them because, you know, they'll jump, you know. And, OK. All right. So, you, you know, you can say this guy, Peter, preached on Sunday and he was so awful. I'm glad I'm not like him. But <laughs> but, you know, so for me, the Holy Spirit helps me stay in tune. You know, so does God want me to love other people? Yes. Joy he wants me to be joyful. He wants them to be joyful. Check. He wants there to be peace behind, between us. Check. He wants me to be patient. Check. He wants me to be kind. Check. Okay. Pushing buttons. You know, provoking other people it doesn't really fit in with that sort of what the Spirit's guiding me. Right. So I just have to look to the Spirit. So I can look to the the exact words of Jesus that I have in the Scriptures. I can look at the Holy Spirit as we're going to see a little bit playing out in the lives of my brothers and sisters. I go, you know what? Best I've seen that provoking others doesn't bring about what God desires. Like the Holy Spirit's not in that, not wanting that. You know, He's not about wanting me to be, you know, conceited or, or envying other people. You know, it just doesn't fit in what the Holy Spirit wants. And so that as long as I'm staying in step, as I'm listening to the Spirit, it allows it to continue to work on me, even when I maybe feel a little bit, there's a little bit of Wilson, you know, playing out in my life, right? So look over in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 5. Oh, Peter. <clears throat> Is it hot in here or is it just me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm normally hot up here, but I figured it felt a little warm. So Ephesians 5 and verse 15. <clears throat> um, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. <clears throat> Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. <clears throat> Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music to, in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to, uh, to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so the whole idea, you know, remember I mentioned, it's, it's this battle between the, the unspiritual and the spiritual. You know, Paul says over in Romans 12, he says, we're not to be conformed to the world, but we're to be transformed, right? And I think this is a great example of the spirit. You know, and it's, it may be ironic that Paul chose to use, uh, you know, wine as the parallel. You know, because you think about, you know, wine in general, it can be a good thing. You know, Jesus made a lot of it at a wedding banquet. You know, it, there's places for it, but it, it has this danger, right? If you, if you were at Jesus' wedding and you drank the whole barrel of wine, 
You might, you know, it might make you drunk. And when you're drunk, it sort of takes out your sensibilities. It takes your out your ability, you know, to keep in step with the spirit. You know, imagine somebody who has had way too much to drink trying to march in a formation. You know, it, it, I, at least in my mind, that that seems funny, seems hard. But you know, when you bring in the parallel of the spirit, now can you drink too much of the spirit? No. Some, you know, can't. You know, in fact, God says, "I'll give you all my spirit on you, and you can just you can use as much of it as you can handle on any given day." You know, it's it's there to help you, and and he even gives us some great examples. You know, he talks about just the relationship of it. You know, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And I listen. Somebody translated. It really means just. Not just that I, I found a spiritual song to read, but it's singing spiritually. Right. You know, oh, wait, what was that song? I hear God singing to me. Yeah, See what I told you about it. You know, it was like he was really working on this. <clears throat> so you can actually hear God singing to you through the words of other people. You know, sometimes when you're looking at Wilson and it feels awful, sometimes God is just banging on the door trying to say, hey, you know, this really works. Let's get back in step. You know, at least put your left foot down. It'll be better. You know, it'll 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 tie. It'll work for us. Right. You know, but also even as we're speaking and singing and encouraging each other, we're playing a role with God's spirit in really helping people to be connected with what God has done. You know, there is. You know, there is no excess here. There is no, no, you're being transformed. And just because you look at Peter, Peter's go, well, he's only slightly transformed from what he was before he was a Christian. That's okay. I'm on the path of being transformed. I'm on the path of being changed. The Holy Spirit is working on me. It's encouraging me. It's changing me. It's allowing me to, to love others because the Holy Spirit has been poured on me. Now, I want to look over, and so maybe keep your finger or think about Ephesians 5 and look at Claude. Three. Oh, thank you. Can I pour this over the top? Or? All right. Anybody else needs to get a drink of water? Feel free to go get one too. But so Ephesians three. Just want to try and pick up a contrast here. So it says here, "Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful." Let the, word of Christ, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. <clears throat> so the idea is, so if you're catching it, uh, back over to Ephesians 5, it said, be filled with the Spirit. <clears throat> right? But in, in Colossians 3, it says what? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So be filled with the word of Christ. Well, so remember, I mean, even when Jesus was saying back in John 14, he was giving this idea. I'm sending you another counselor who's going to remind you what I said. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who's going to remind you what I've said. He's going to be with you. He's going to help you pray. He's going to be there in times when you're getting persecuted. You get brought up in front of uh, the judges and you don't know what to say. And the Holy Spirit's going to tell you what to say. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. I don't have to remember what to say. God is preparing me. See, God is preparing us with the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. You know, so it's, you know, we don't need to just know the Bible. Like, what's in Genesis 5? What's in Genesis 6? I mean, it's good to know those things. What we really need to know is we need to let the Word of Christ, let the Word of God dwell in us richly, really get in there and help transform us, help change us, help equip us to be able then to encourage 
others, you know, to find that person who is talking to Wilson and be that word of God to them, speaking to them, but also be the receiver. We get to receive it back as others are on their journey full of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're not alone because we are working together with each other. It really is transforming us. The whole idea that the Holy Spirit is working that way is just incredible. You know, I've had some things happen over the last month or two. Just and I go, well, what, where, how did that happen? You know, I have two things I, I really believe. One, I don't think there are any coincidences. And I think that God sometimes, oftentimes, gives you a hunch. A friend of mine calls it having a holy hunch. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer, so I, well, you know, how do, we, how do we figure that out with what the Bible says? I can't just have a hunch because I want to have a hunch, and, you know, I get a little bit tied up. But, you know, so I share with a bunch of you guys, but I was out at Archie's the other day on a Thursday having lunch at 3 o'clock in the afternoon after a long bike ride. Felt I deserved it, and somebody, you know, said my name, and it was a it was a couple that we had known. Uh, they'd been in our in our region 20, 27, 28 years ago. Last time I saw them was in nineteen ninety. And so, how do you see somebody that you haven't seen in, since nineteen ninety? Some of you can't imagine because you haven't been around since nineteen ninety. But <laughs> but how weird is that? Somebody just says your name, and you know, and in fact, they live in North Carolina. So how does some how does how does somebody get just randomly at the same time I get somewhat randomly to Archie's uh, on a particular day at a particular time to be able to have a spiritual conversation? How does that happen? It's God, you know. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit working in them, in me. I don't know, but bringing us together, just you know, absolutely, you know, unbelievable uh, how those sorts of things happens. And and I heard a story from Allie. I'll probably butcher it, but with Kayla having a Going to ICMC, so Kayla's not here right now, so I'll share her story and butcher it. But going to ICMC, she posted on Facebook, and one of her friends from high school said, you're going to that same uh, campus ministry conference, ICMC, as I'm going to. So they're both from the same high school, only a year or two past, right? They didn't, in, oh wait, in, in Manchester, Vermont, you know, is that a big town? That's about the size of Shelburne, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but how, how did God work that out, that, that he could take... Two people that knew each other in high school, and somehow, by a totally different path, he was able to help them find his Holy Spirit and bring it together, and then encourage them through Facebook, you know, amen, or through whatever. Incredible, you know. I was talking with Pat yesterday, just, he was sharing about several guys that went to his high school and ended up studying the Bible together, going to college together, but not, you know, independent of each other. God, you know, so I guess God still works way back when, right? And even today, God, God's Holy Spirit is, is, is bigger than we can imagine. And so I think if we start imagining, you know, if we can walk and align ourselves in step with the Spirit, what God is going to be able to do, not only to help us love each other, but how we really, his, it's His idea, His plan. He decided that we would have this Holy Spirit so that we could uh, keep focused on Jesus. So in conclusion, I want to finish up in uh, 2 Corinthians 3. So 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17. Ah. Can take a breath while you're turning or poking buttons. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. Oh, we saw that in Isaiah, right? Isaiah 11. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Now, how could I have ever planned to meet up with somebody that I hadn't seen in, in, uh, in 29 years at Archie's? I mean, it would have, you know, that'd been hard to figure out. But somehow, 
I, I'm free to be me, to be spiritual, to be at Archie's, and God is free to bring whoever He wants into my path to be able to share time with. And so going on in verse 18, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So I think we have to reflect on what God is trying to do is to take His glory and reflect it through you. And if you let the Holy Spirit work through you, if you let yourselves be that, that conduit, if you really let the love that He dumps on you actually get out a little bit, then what happens is you get changed. You get transformed. You become a different person because it was God's plan all along to overflow you, to overfill you, to give you too much, to make it more than you could possibly do because He knows that as some of that gets out, you become more like Him. You reflect more and more glory. You know, the the Lord who's given you His Spirit has decided that you are not alone. Amen. Amen.